What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, Gathering Strength Podcast. With me, as always, DJ Khalid. Hit him with another one. Today, what am I going to be talking about today? Am I going to be talking about the fast food industry and how they spend millions upon millions of dollars studying the brain to construct the tastiest food and french fries? No, I'm not. But hey, you know what? Since we're on the subject of french fries, those french fries have been studied. They have been formulated to satisfy an urge in your brain that gives you the perfect consistency of crunchy to gooey. And you know what? Our brains cannot resist that. Hey, you know what? Add on some salt too. Man, crunchy, gooey, salty, warm... Our brains have not been evolved to fight against that. So no wonder why it's so hard to to stop after after just a few. They taste so damn good. Mm. But that is not the meat and potatoes of today's podcast subject. What I am going to be talking about is the Boston Marathon. The Boston Marathon was ran last last Monday. Let's see, today is Wednesday, April 19th, so two days ago, the Boston Marathon, America's oldest, longest, consistently ran marathon. I think they're in like the, over 100 years. Uh, that took place uh, this last Monday. And of course, you have the elites, the best runners all over the world. The cream of the crop Anybody who's worth their weight in salt and gold trains for and attempts to put on their fastest shoes and they put on their fast socks and their fast feet and they want to win this highly coveted, extremely hard marathon. You know what? There is a substantial amount of prize money too. Maybe even... In the realm of like $100,000. So yeah, these people, they get after it. And yes, we have the the super duper endurance, hardcore, fastest people doing it. But you know what? Hey, yeah, they're great to watch because it is always wonderful to see the human potential continually break barriers and get a little bit faster and run a little bit better and incrementally those times have improved over time due to the advancements advancements of science the better understanding of nutrition and sleep and a deeper understanding of workouts and training just the whole minutia of everything it starts to get dialed in better and better and better better tools to measure these metrics just all sorts of all sorts of science is put into uh, these these athletes these days but you know i'm not going to be talking about them however i do have to bring up elliot kipchoge the goat of all goats he if you don't know of this man he is uh the michael jordan the lebron james the tiger woods of of the marathon world now he has he's the only person the only human in the whole world's history 
to have a sub two hour marathon. So he ran, essentially, he's running 13 miles an hour for the entire marathon. Under two hours. I think it's like an hour and 59 minutes. So he just barely did it. No one has ever done that. And you know what? That was similar to a Roger Bannister type story where prior to Roger Bannister breaking the four minute mile, scientists, the most brilliant minds, they hypothesized and said, you know what? Humans are, they will never break that four minute barrier. It is impossible. And prior to Roger Bannister doing it, I think he did it sometimes. You know what? I'm gonna look that up. Hold up. So because of Google, I'm able to check this stuff out. You know what? So yeah, Roger Bannister, 25 years old, ran a sub four minute mile at three minutes, 59 seconds on May 6, 1954. So prior to that, it never happened. And like I said, the most brilliant minds, the sports, uh, uh, everyone in sports said that that would never happen. And they said that it would never happen until Roger Bannister did it. So all from from the point to when Roger Bannister broke that sub four minute mile, out of the whole time that humans have been running and keeping track, no one has ever run a four minute mile. Up until Roger Bannister. Now a sub four minute mile, that's that's the norm. People in, in in high school have have done that. So what I'm getting at, at is that these barriers they're all made to be broken. It's going to be impossible until someone does it, and then once someone unleashes and finds out the the code to push the barrier a little bit further, a little bit faster, hey then. There's a formula, and that's open for everyone now. So, hey, if you want to go out and try to train for a, a sub-four-minute mile, hey, there's a formula for you. And there's practices, and there's research. So, thanks to Roger Bannister for breaking that four-minute mile, and all of the other people who have done it after him. They have now paved the way for you and me to potentially go even a, a little bit faster than that. I'm not sure what the record is right now, but you know what? That This is not even the meat and potatoes of the episode. What I want to talk about is going back to that Boston Marathon. Now, I came across an article that highlighted a, a running participant. And the headline reads, At age 75, Jeannie Rice runs three hours and 33 minutes at the Boston Marathon. That's the headline. It goes on to say that she averaged an 8 minute, 8 second per mile pace and feels like she finally mastered the tricks of tough cor- of the tough course. So she's 75 and she's running an 8 minute pace for the entire duration of a marathon. A marathon is 26.2 miles. Running just one single mile at an eight-minute pace. That's fast. That is very fast. And she's 75. So if you want to go out, go and check out this woman. You know, there's an awesome picture of her um, crossing the finish line. And she looks great. Yeah, she looks like she's, you know, 
in a little bit of pain, but even if she was in her prime, you know, uh, when you cross the finish line of a marathon and you're running hella fast, yeah, you're probably going to be grimacing a little bit, but you know, she's smiling. She looks great. And I think that that is incredible. And you know what? It is the association with people like this that make me proud to train for marathons, to be in this marathon running club, to say that, hey, I run marathons. And you know what? The tenacity and grit and the active lifestyle and the can-do mindset and the philosophy of incrementally trying to get stronger, better, faster, all of the nuances that encompass running a marathon, I love it. And I'm happy to be in this club that a lot of people will never get to experience. And a lot of people have the mindset of, hey, you know, why, why would I want, want to run a marathon? Why, why run? Running is so hard. But, you know, humans, we have evolved to run. Humans have been running since day one. Uh, did you know that it is a scientific fact that a human can outrun a, a horse in distance, not in speed, you silly. So because of the way that the human has evolved, we have a better way to cool off our body through sweat. And a horse does, it does not have that, that endurance factor that a human does. So go ahead and Google, Google that. Once again, don't trust me. Just verify it for yourself. So, to my analysis, the reason why people start to to move away towards running because people this day and age live a more sedentary life. And essentially, we do not partake in our human nature of running. There's no reason for us to run because... Hey, we don't have to. We can have everything come to us. But that's not how, how you gather strength. You don't gather strength by having everything brought into you. No, you go out and get it. You need to gather your strength. You need to go and accumulate these small wins. And one of the re many reasons why I, why I love running marathons and training for them is because it is an opportunity to accumulate and gather this strength. If I didn't set this high and lofty goal of successfully and healthily crossing a, a, a marathon finish line, well, more than likely I, I wouldn't subject myself to doing multiple 18 mile runs, to doing, you know, putting in hundreds if not thousands of miles under my shoes to to su successfully cross this finish line it is the calling of your high goal that that pulls you like a a piece of metal to a magnet your high goal it it calls to you it speaks to you and now because you have a high goal you know how your day is going to go. You know what you have to do. And it's not even a choice. You just do it. And now because I'm a family man. And I have kids watching me. Do you think that I want to 
fail in front of them. I don't want to get injured in front of them. I want my my kids, my wife to see me doing things that a <clears throat> that a healthy, active <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> I want to show my son and my family, my household that hey, the way to gathering the strength is to go out and do something with your body. Whether it's running a marathon or any other goal. Longevity is found in moving your body. The stronger you become, the easier these lifts start to, to become. And our fitness, our fitness and our mindset and our confidence... When we continually show up, hey, that's a form of compounding growth as well. Compounding growth does not only happen to money. That happens. That Compounding growth happens to every single aspect of your, your life. You know, one day you set out to do 10 push-ups. And you're like, great, hey, got it. I got those 10 push-ups under my belt. Now your body... Gave, gave yourself a little bit more muscle. And because you have a little bit more muscle, hey, now you're doing 12 to 15. Once again, your body generates a little bit more muscle. And the muscle that you accumulated when you were doing 10 push-ups, you earned, you know, 12. And now you're, now you're doing 15. And now you're, because your gains are getting you gains, those 15 push-ups have earned you doing 20, 25 now. And that is compound growth. Now because you're doing 25, hey, you can potentially bang out 50 non-stop. You don't just go from 10 to 50. Nope. You build on top of your gains. Just like stacking a brick on top of the other. And when you continually stack your bricks, hey, hey, next thing you know, you have a house. You are you are a brick house. Now, when I sign up for a marathon or an Ironman, there's not a moment where I say, hey, I'm going to come in first. I'm going to win. Nope, that's not, not my intention. That's not my goal. I'm not willing to pay that price. Because because in order to come in first at one of these events, it's a high price to pay. You need to sacrifice damn near everything. And you know what? I'm not trying to I'm not willing to, I am not willing to pay that price. I'm willing to go on my own journey and find my own nuggets of wisdom that the journey will reveal to me. So I I have fun doing it. It keeps me active. It keeps me healthy. It keeps me disciplined. And... For example, like today, I'm uh, I'm going to be putting in a 11-hour shift, and I have the opportunity to go home and just chill, just relax, take it easy. But nope, I'm going to go home, I'm going to put on my jogging shoes, I'm going to try to persuade my family to accompany me while I run, put them on a bike, and you know what? It's a beautiful day. So, a family that 
runs together, that is active together, they stick together. And rather than my son coming home and seeing his old man suck down a few beers, nope. My son is going to see me come home, do some squats, do some deadlifts. My son is going to see me doing push-ups. He's going to see me attempting to become as strong as I can possibly be. He's going to see me training for Ironmans, marathons. Hey, you know what? I'm involved. After Because after I, I get in all my training, hey, you know what? My family has my undivided attention. And if I didn't do this stuff, the idle hands are the devil's playground, right? We need to find a, a hobby. And I'm so thankful and blessed to have found a hobby that promotes strength and discipline. I'm so thankful to have found a hobby that, hey, there is no finish line. I'm so thankful to have found a hobby and a lifestyle that can put me in environments to meet extraordinary people. Because when we go to these marathons and the community community that this encompasses, hey, you meet some you meet some extraordinary people with extraordinary backgrounds who are doing extraordinary things and I and I love being a part of that. Like, for example, this woman, Jenny Rice. Man, going back to her. 75 years old, running a marathon 26.2 miles in 3 hours and 33 minutes at the Boston Marathon. How awesome is that? You know, just take a moment to think about that. How do you compare to this woman? How is your stamina? How is your... Your, your body, how is your flex, your your stretching capabilities? This woman's 75 years old. You know, I don't know her story, but I do know that 99.99% of people who are 75 years old do not run marathons, nor are they running it at this phenomenal pace. Man, she beat me. My fastest marathon was 340. Sure, you know what, I, I could have went a little bit faster because, uh, you know, when I, when I do these marathons, like I said, it's for the experience. Uh, this last marathon that I did was at uh, Big Sur. Wait, wait, yeah, it was Big Sur Marathon. You ran from Carmel, wait, you ran from Big Sur to Carmel. Man, and it was beautiful and picturesque all the way up the, the coast of Highway 1. I had to stop to take a few photos. Come on, man, I want to... I, I I want to savor that. Like I said, I'm not trying to win. I'm just going in it for the experience. And it's an awesome experience. I would recommend it to anyone. So, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening, tuning in. Go ahead and give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. Until next time, it's onward. Always onward.